It's weed and it's creamsicle flavored. Creamsicle flavored weed. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Here's what's great about it. So and when I say it's creamsicle flavored, I mean like hard, like like hard push into the creamsicle part. So not even like, oh no, this kind of tastes like creamsicle remotely. I mean, as soon as you hit it, you're like, yo, this is creamsicle. I don't share it with people for that reason because it's delicious and it was also expensive and I refuse to like share expensive food with people. I was going to say like to get something to taste like a creamsicle that usually tastes like weed. That had to have been crazy expensive or did they put like flavor crystals in it? Like how they pull Um, it? I think it's sort of like how they flavor uh, uh, nicotine. It's just for whatever reason, it's not as popular in the weed industry. So like flavored nicotine vape pens have been around forever where you can get like like some of the most amazing flavors, like one of them is strawberry pancakes. And I shit you not, you taste the strawberries and you taste the pancakes. It is, it's disconcerting. The first time I hit it, I was like, wait, no, get this away from me. Why do I taste the pancakes in this? It's, it's amazing. But like that type of thing has existed for tobacco forever. Um, I think it's just not popular with weed. Like people want to taste their weed because they're, they're afraid they're not getting what they think they're getting. I don't care. Uh, I just, I know I'm getting high and I love the taste of creamsicle. The only downside is if I smoke it while I'm like hungry, it just intensifies that hunger. I just, I, I feel like the weed, well, not so much the weed, but the vaping industry is truly the like ran by Willy Wonka types who are just like creating new off the wall shit that they don't tell anybody else about until it suddenly pops out. Cause I would have never thought they had a strawberry pancake vape. So here's how I found out about it. Um, <laughs> I found out about the strawberry pancake vape. What up, Scar? I found out about the strawberry pancake uh, vape um, doing community service because uh, <laughs> I was trying to avoid jail time. So as I was doing community services, work crew, uh, there was a dude on work crew. Um, and by the way, if you ever get a chance to do like work crew or community service, you should talk to people. Stay low key because, you know, people are crazy. But just really talk to people or really just kind of listen to people. Just be there and listen. Uh, the stories that you hear are fantastic. This one dude was like, yeah, you know, I got to hit the methadone clinic after this. I've been doing methadone. <laughs> I've been taking methadone to stay off of, I believe his drug of choice was meth- methamphetamine. I'm not sure because he called it by a street name I had never heard before. So I don't know what his drug of choice was. But like, and I'm trying to remember what the name was and I can't for the love of me 
remember the name, but he was sitting like this, uh, this vape pen. And then like every time he breathed out, you could straight up and down smell like the strawberry pancakes every time like Excel. So finally I just asked him, I was like, yo, uh, what's up with this vape pen? And he was like, yeah, it's strawberry pancake, take a hit. And I took a hit off of it. And I was like, oh my God, that does taste exactly like strawberry pancakes. And then I listened to him tell a story about how his girl got herpes from him. And then I was immediately terrified. And I was like, like, I, let me wipe my mouth off. Like, oh God, oh God, oh God. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I researched herpes a long time ago because a coworker got it. Uh-huh. Oh, somebody that I work with, uh, herpes doesn't survive the air. Yeah, but good. So no, like, that's herpes simplex. Herpes not so simplex survives everything. Herpes complex? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like somebody's going to build a building and name it Herpes. The Herpes complex. Yeah, let me take you around the compound. Hey, you can drink after people here because everybody here has herpes. Here's building A. Uh, no one wants to go in that building. <laughs> building C is far more popular. Uh, <laughs> They're the ones who, you know, it only pops up every couple years or so. He's right there on their lip, big ass bubble. Ooh. Oh God, yeah. I saw somebody with herpes simplex, and they were like, "It's not contagious," and I was like, "It looks like it is." I feel like if you get a blowjob somebody with her, like with the outbreak, it is contagious. Yeah, yeah, because that's, it's direct contact. So, but yeah. like, if he if he vaped on something and then it was it was in the air, it doesn't survive the air, and then you use it after him, then it. You yeah. can't get it that way. I well, feel I, like I, herpes I, victims are the most discriminated against of all STD victims. Well, it's messed up because technically, well, supposedly, I, I will say this: I know for a fact that I do not have herpes. So, like when I say I have, I test completely clean across the board. I, I am a specimen unto no other. But having said that, uh, the majority of people have herpes. <laughs> it's like the fact that I don't have it is more shocking than someone having it. Like that, like people who don't have it should be like, oh my God, like what the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you not fucking enough? You need to get out there and put your dick in more stuff. Like, or, or put your vagina around more dicks. I don't know. Whichever one works for your, your particular. I got my herpes from eating a sandwich. Oh, (laughs) I was, I thought I knew that where that sentence was going when you said eating and I was like, oh no. And then you said a sandwich and I was like, oh, (laughs) that was a real roller coaster of a (laughs) church. Yeah, I, I haven't seen anybody with bubble lip in a real long time. But when I do, I'm like, get the fuck away from my cubicle. And they just pop up and, no, it's a cold sore. No, that's that's mm. cold sore. The belief of cold sore stops after you're, like, 12. Like, people <laughs> know what a cold sore really is, bro. You're not fooling anybody. It's just that's a cold a, sore. Yeah. Like, oh, no, it's, it's a cold sore. It's like, okay, cool. We'll keep you in your cold sore. Over there, where I because I don't have cold or, or or southern people, it's a fever blister. Oh, right, nice, right. <laughs> like, come on now. Is that even a thing? Do you really get a fever and then therefore get a blister? Like all your fevers contained within that blister, and it just like grows and out all of them just show up on your lip and on your genitals, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Yo, can I, I tell you my uh, blisters? But I got them. <laughs> I'm kind of addicted to a new thing and uh, this is going to sound really, really self ingratiating and I apologize in, in advance. No, you don't. No, no, I really do apologize. Like I realize it as I'm saying it, but I think I might be addicted to applause breaks. Like I've been there. Yeah. Like, like last night doing my set going wonderfully legit, like 
applause breaks where people are like just clapping for enjoyment of the jokes. And I was like, oh, this is, <laughs> I see why people get addicted to it. <laughs> like, yes, it's very, it's very addicting. I see why people get addicted to it. It's like, oh, this is, this is, and, and honestly, like in the moment, I was like, oh shit. I actually said it might like this is an amount of appreciation that uh, I could find addictive. Thank you very much. And then just kind of moved on. But whew, yeah, that's it's just a weird. I don't want to like have like I want that to happen because that means I'm doing well, but I also kind of don't want to be into it. It's an interesting struggle for me now. Shani, how do you deal with people liking you? I'm used to it. It's been this way my Not. whole life. All my life I've had to fight, nigga. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, so my entire life, like, like I was pretty much an outcast. Like, I, I grew up uh, basically, uh, so I don't know if y'all are, are aware of this, or maybe you have. I feel like I've told y'all about this before, but, like, I was raised a Jehovah's Witness. So, like, I was a for real outcast uh, for most of my, my childhood. Um, like, I was a nerd. And then on top of that, uh, like, when everyone else was, like, going out and having fun, I was, like, you know, singing my own songs in church. And so, like, no one ever has ever liked me. And the weirdest thing is, as I'm doing stand-up, I feel like that that experience of, like, no one's ever really been into me has been nice because I, I'm kind of keeping my head about me. But it's also, like, I understand, why, like, how people lose their shit in this. Like, I get it because it's it's weird. So, um yeah outcast yeah um i grew up here in california where if you weren't a gangbanger you weren't really anybody but my yeah. brother was well known so i was well known because my brother which started a complex in which i didn't trust people because i thought they were just getting close to me to be close to my brother um however i always knew i was funny and I was popular in my own right amongst kids around my own age, but I didn't want to be around kids my own age. I wanted to be around my brother. So um, I always played Wait, up. Yeah, I always played up. Like, was it just because like you admired him or was it like a rivalry thing? What, what was driving that? My brother is my hero. Always has been. Oh, so you just like you admired him so much that you just wanted to be I around him. I just wanted him. to be wherever he was. Okay. Um, no, I just, I'm just curious. Like, I'm not even... I, I no, just, it was never a rivalry thing. Like, he... My dad wasn't really there, so my So brother, he was that male figure for you? Yeah. Oh, that's dope. So I wanted to be wherever he was, no matter what. And so wherever I was, like, people would ignore me because I was three years younger than them. And yeah. then if somebody was nice to me, it was like, why are you being nice to me? Like, there was one point where a uh, we went on a double date. My brother, his girlfriend, and his girlfriend's friend, who was literally their same age, and I'm three years younger, and we just sat there at the park and talked about music, and it was weird, but I was like, I'm in here, but why? <laughs> so, um, so I feel like you shouldn't have questioned. You should have just smashed. I was I was 14. Okay, so never mind. You should have been questioning. <laughs> at 14, you should have been. Why am I here around 17-year-olds? They weren't trying to do anything because I was 14 and they were 17. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also that. Um but, I was, I was th- for some reason, I, I pictured that as being your brother was like 24. And you were no, 20. by the time I was 21, um, Isabella's mom and I were together. Oh, okay, okay. I don't um, know why I pictured that as being like y'all were in your 20s when that no, happened. By then, I was shaking this. I shook the whole uh, trying to keep up with my brother when I went to college. Like going to college and, and living away from home and living on yeah. your own and being responsible oh for yourself, it's quite literally the best grow up 
thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I would say the further, the better. Yeah, because you're still tethered to your parents monetarily, maybe, but you're also making your own decisions. You're completely on your own. There's nobody, nobody even knows your family. So you can build your own reputation, your own life. Yeah, and it puts you in a situation that you're going to live in where you do have a fixed amount of income uh, and you have needs that you have to fulfill. Not all of them are provided for. And you also have to like fulfill your needs versus uh, your wants, where there's things that you're going to want that you might be able to get if you do X, Y, Z and, and like save here or save there. And so it just kind of sets you up for like life. Mm-hmm. You kind of need to have that experience. And honestly, I, I say like, I would say like, uh, you know, don't do it with the parent money, like have the, have them there. It's like the safety net. But like, if you went to see a trapeze artist and they were just bouncing up and down in the net every couple of seconds, you'd be like, what the fuck? So like, you know, try to swing out there on your own, fall back on them if you need them. But the sooner you can get out on your own and just like support yourself on, the, on your own uh, through your own devices and methods, uh, the better I think you're, you are for the, for the world. So that's what I did. And um, as far that's as applause, let me see. I mean, I've never lacked for it. Like, I guess it was, <laughs> no, I'm, dead, I'm so sincere. Yeah, I know. I know. It's just, I'm just laughing because it, it sounds uh, arrogant as shit. Highly like, arrogant. It's and pretty I'm funny. so sincere because I've always been the performer in the family. Like, my brother was a basketball player. I had to do something to get attention. So I was always a performer. So I was doing talent shows at a young age, plays, um, writing stuff. I get. I was the one who would always get called into the front room to dance for the drunk parents and the drunk uh, adults. So yeah. you Eddie Murphy. Do the prep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ready, Murphy? Do the wop. Don't That's racist. <laughs> I do love that we still call that dance the wop. Like it's okay. <laughs> it's <quite laughs> outrageous. And I feel bad because there's no other name for that dance. And it's like, oh, but I don't want to refer to that dance. Do the. Italian slur dance. Do anybody remember this dance? This is it's. You have to do it, and then like, oh, what is this? It's somebody oh, in the back was screaming, "Oh, it's the wop!" And no, nope. no it's not. It's, that's an Italian slur. It's, <laughs> it is not that. It's this dance, and you just have to keep doing it. Oh my goodness! Oh, okay. I wish we need to rename that dance in the worst way, like to Even anything now. else. To yeah. anything else. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they got dances that are literally called the Flintstone flop, and you can't th- th- rename the WAP into something else. Like, oh man, I forgot about the Flintstone flop. Yeah. Remember, like the the bankheading craze, where like you just did like a bunch of like basically utilitarian tasks while like bankhead bouncing. Oh yeah, like you like I'm fishing, and it just became like you doing like a whole thing while bankhead bouncing and fishing. Right. Like, I I used to love the bankhead combos. That's what we called it out here. <laughs> I never heard him put the name. Like, well, yeah, because you would start off doing the bank head bounce. Yeah, like you would combo classic bank like head, you were, like you were turning the steering wheel. Everybody, everybody would. Oh, I thought everybody would go to like the L first, where they drop one arm and like make an right. L going this way, then drop the other arm and like ah, uh, and that's when you would start going to like your combo. Like, all right, all right, I'm fishing, and somebody on the other end would be the fish, just like lunge around. <laughs> like, get now, my, my fam- my favorite was the baseball, where you pretended like you were throwing the baseball in the, in the middle of it, and then somebody else pretended to hit the baseball, and then you kind of so look away while still motions. doing bounce. It's yeah. so different to those motions in bounce, and it's so like it's so 
honestly, it's so regional. Yeah. <laughs> that you would do. Because when we did it, we did a bank head bounce. Everybody would go down to the L. You're right. Mm-hmm. And you come back up and you act like you were turning the steering wheel. Yep. And then somebody else do the bank <laughs> head. And they'd uh, go into the hole. Uh, they bring their arm, like the fishing motion. And then somebody else would come towards them while doing the bank head. And then we'd all go down and spin around while doing the bank head and come back up. <laughs> go from the bank head, bounce to the raised roof. <laughs> but my personal favorite about all of that <laughs> would be uh, just the fact that everyone was in on it. So it was never just like one person just by themselves. As soon as they started fishing, we were all fish. Like, oh, here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> we were all geeked for it. <laughs> I just I love that. I, if, you know what? That's kind of like doing, kind of like the doing the, um, the leaning and rocking when that one person yeah. throws something way up in the air and everybody knew to pause and come back down at the same time. Oh, and when it hit, oh, yo, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best. Like honestly, um, I kind of every dance craze, I guess, is technically like that. That's kind of like my favorite thing is like when everyone just knows. It's basically like flash mobbing before flash mobbing. That's really what it was. I mean, like when you think about it, like we kind of invented flash mobbing. Yeah. And then white (laughs) folks took it as usual. Yeah, and did Um, it poorly as usual. But I seen somebody share a I seen somebody share an article that apparently flash mobbing means that a bunch of people run up in a store and just steal as much shit as they can. That's it now. That's what it's evolved into. Yeah, and, and then it's like, why do y'all keep? Why do y'all keep doing shit? Oh, that 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 chick. I can't really call her a bitch because apparently she's a minor. Um, oh, but, yes, like, you can. Because first of all, uh, here's what I realized last night: like, we already have a proliferation of plastic about this planet, and that's just gonna cause a thousand more plastic seals all over, like, like every pint of ice cream. To we have to put all these fucking safety seals on shit. No, because apparently, like apparently, some places are locking the ice cream. Like Even you better. got, you got to see an associate in order to get ice cream. Now I was at my grocery store and they just have a pallet, like a set of pallets in front of the door with like a bunch of stuff where you just have, you can't move the pallets or like the, cause it just has shit on it and they have to come around get a pallet jack, move it out the way so you can get ice cream. I shit you not. That was their solution. Yeah, somebody <laughs> thought, somebody thought that they were doing a really cool thing by trying to follow this up by, um, by using mouthwash and spitting it back in the bottle and putting it back on the thing. But see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Mouthwash has a seal, and they tell you, if this seal is broken, don't don't fucking buy this shit. So, like, what did you think was going to happen? We're just not going to buy that shit. Nigga, I'm still taking it back, though. That's just wrong. Like, this is, like, like... Well, check it at the store. Like, I I check my shit at the store. Well, yeah, but the Tide Pod thing was one thing. This whole licking people's shit and, and disrespecting yeah. people's shit, that's... Yeah, hurting why don't y'all just now. take it back to, like, 1985 when we yeah. used to just if walk the, around and eat the grapes while we were walking in the store? If, if this lady wasn't... If the lady wasn't 17, she was getting fed time for this Oh, shit. yeah, they wanted to I give her 20. I don't, and she, you know what? I'm I'm here for that because here's what I'm saying. That shit is disrespect. Like you're hurting other people at this point. It's so disrespectful to a point where it's like, yo, we can't have nice things because of you motherfuckers. Like make an example. I, and I like, I'm sorry. Like I've never been a person like for real, for real advocate for like penal punishment. But in this case, it's like, fuck you for fucking up society at this point. Like this is the most privileged shit I've ever seen in my life where there are people who are literally starving to death and you out here licking ice cream like a motherfucker. Like, man, fuck this shit forever. Like it, it puts me in such a dirt, like a dark place of like, yo, let's let's bury these motherfuckers under the jail. I'm I'm at that point where I, I like, of all the people who to do this, this is some straight up and down privilege ass shit. 
let's just put it as what it is. And I, I'm just not here for it. I'm not here for redemption from it either. I feel like you should, your life should be ruined. You should spend the rest of your life struggling to find a fucking job because your dumb ass doesn't know how to keep your tongue inside your fucking mouth. Oh, did we finally find black privilege? Hi. <laughs> this is what it sounds like. <laughs> no, it's, I'm, I'm, I am upset by it. But I never buy ice creams that don't have the, uh, the seal around it. Like, I've never had Bluebell. Um, I've never. I've, uh, oh, I love Bluebell. I have Blue Bunny, but they have a seal Bluebell. around their thing. Bluebell I don't think is, gets sold uh, on the West Coast for real. I've never be. seen it. I've never actually seen it on the it, West Coast. It just came back here um, recently, like like a month or two ago. But they famously do not put uh, plastic on. Well, they probably are going to start. Yeah, they don't put. Start. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, again, a proliferation of single-use plastics throughout this planet that's literally choking the oceans right now. We have enough of this shit, and, like, we could do without it if people would just have some fucking common sense. Yeah, but, I mean, when you see... You go to the... Be a, be a fucking human being is what I say to every one of those. Stores, you go to the more hood grocery store. <laughs> to see in every hood grocery store is a single soda that's already open because somebody opened it up and started walking around and drinking it. You're going to yeah. see the empty grape uh, rinds because somebody took grapes just ate them as they walked around. Same with bananas. Um, you're gonna Half a cake in one case. Ha- exactly. We, we've <laughs> talked definitely. definitely have so but I'm saying, like, like, to all of like those, we're, we're talking about ice cream because she literally was dumb enough to record herself doing it. Oh yeah, like so the people I'm have happy she with did your food forever. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, again, like literally, to, to like, all of this, I said people just need to be better fucking human beings. Like to all yeah, of this, just they're broken. You know, it's not that it's not humans I, are broken, I bro. That as a whole, we are incapable of being fucking better. Because if that's the case, then we should just give up on everything right for the fuck now and let this shit spin out of control. We are capable of being better. And we need to do better all across the board. Like, fucking have some respect, not just for yourself, but for fucking other people. Like, turn this shit, like, this can all be turned around by us understanding, like, two very valuable things about ourselves. That one, we're on this planet with other fucking people who just want to be happy like we do. And two, you can do whatever the fuck you want to as long as you don't cause harm to other people. Like the world is so full of infinite possibilities of silly dumbass shit that you can do that doesn't harm people that would be just as viral, just as funny. Like as soon as you thought of this and it, you realize this is harming someone, you should have fucking stopped. That's all you fucking have to do. Like that's the shit that irritates me the most about this. It's not like there's nothing else you can do for fucking viral po- popularity or for publicity. There's tons of funny shit you can do that don't hurt people, that don't make people feel like they're not safe. Like, stop fucking doing this shit. Like, it irritates me because, like, I work in comedy and I see comedians doing the same shit, making rape jokes, making blackface jokes because they just fucking want to be so fucking edgy and funny. But, motherfucker, you don't have to do that. Yeah, I'd fight people who still are doing blackface jokes or rape jokes. I literally would. I'd, I'd, I'd stand up and be like, why? I'd fuck up your whole set. Yeah. I'm pretty confident I'd do that without hesitation and just be a heckler. Like, dude, it's 2019. Why? Yeah, you'll be you'll be um, nutty professor on that shit. Yeah. Like, can't you do a funnier joke than that? Like, something about your shoes? Like, dude, why? Like, it's 2019. Why are you still doing this shit? Like, why are we still accepting it? 
hundred percent. Literally like, sit down and listen to it and then walk out and be like, the whole set was funny, but I didn't like the part that he did about the terrorist. Then why are you accepting it? Correct. I should and that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's we're at that point, we should be at that point. We're just as people, we just have to fucking we can be better. We just have to fucking be better. I'm just especially from a comedy standpoint, like it, it irritates me the most from that that angle. Just because like I'm sitting here watching motherfuckers do blackface shows. And I'm like, really? You think this shit is like a hot take in 2019? You'd see me after the show. I'd be waiting outside smoking a cigarette, not even smoke. No, nah, I, I, I just honestly my mouth like we need to talk, bro. Honestly, uh, I just got on stage and just lit them the fuck up on stage. And that also works because I was <laughs> gonna say like if I'm not if I'm not the host if I'm not the MC, my job as not the host or the MC is to literally put the fear of God into this white person because it's never black folks who do blackface jokes. Nope, always like I, well I have a blackface joke. But my black folks, my blackface joke stemmed from this one, where it, it was: if you want to do blackface, I suggest you do it at night in front of the cops. That was my blackface joke, uh, and that's the one that stemmed from someone doing a series of blackface jokes around uh, Seattle, to where I, was, I went, then went on a tour of why the fuck can't white people stop doing this shit? Fine, go get killed doing it. Uh, I also suggested uh, you should just tan, and if you're really extreme about it, you'll get skin cancer and die, and then everyone is happy. So that was my tour of just angry, don't do blackface jokes throughout Seattle. It was great. Right? Like, <laughs> I don't understand the lowest common denominator. That I think that's it. Like, people... Well, I get it. I, I, I get it. I just don't understand it. There's a, there's a thing about getting it and understanding it that's different to me. Like, I, if I understand why you're doing it, then I fully endorse why you're doing it and I support you and I'm behind you. If I don't get it, that means I don't support it. I think that I, think that I need to make that, that, that clarification. Yeah, like, I understand their logic, but I don't agree with it. And so, like... <laughs> or logic's the wrong word. I understand their thought process because <laughs> logic implies that they it actually has some rational thought behind it and it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh my personal favorite are the dudes who uh stand for comedy. So it's not <laughs> it's never like, oh, this is offensive uh to a, a specific group. It's always, well, this is comedy. If you don't have a thick enough a thin skin, skin a thick skin, you're never yeah. gonna make it. And it's like, bitch, uh, a couple things. First of all, the fact that you're complaining about us saying that you can't do certain jokes shows that you're thin-skinned as a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, um, until it's always a white man, by the way. I have never seen a black man or any person of color or a woman be like, I'm here to say that this is okay. I've never seen that. It's always been a white man. And then secondly, it's like, look, uh, you're the same person who complains about the fact that, like, every time a woman does comedy, she can talk, tell pussy jokes and you can't. Like, you're just here to try to, like, silence the voices who weren't here before so that you can have all the, like, fucking say and say all the fucked up shit that you want to say and that you say behind closed doors, frankly. And we're not here for that shit. Like, this is no longer acceptable in comedy because we're here now and we're not going to take this. And, like, they just can't stand that shit. And It's not just comedy, though. Yeah, it's across the board. Because in podcasting, if you go into some of these different groups and everything, 
you will constantly run into these old white men who will tell you that this isn't the way the podcast should be. It shouldn't be like this. You shouldn't be cursing. You shouldn't be doing this, that, and the third. Oh, wow. And it's like, motherfucker, just because you're 65, the podcast started like 15 years ago. <laughs> I like to know cursing. It's like, whoa. Yeah, as soon as somebody says, um, <laughs> soon, as soon as somebody from? types out the question, should you be cursing in podcasting? Should cursing be allowed in podcasting? My answer is always the same. Fuck yes. Yeah. And also, let's keep it 100. Black men in these groups as well tend to be problematic as shit. Where, because they try and get in good. Well, what makes it worse is uh, when it's all black men, it turns really darkly misogynist. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's like, what the fuck? Or uh, when it's like those two men together, it, it just becomes this band. Like they're trying to band up and be brothers. And that shit, oof, that shit is so annoying. The way I look at it is like this. If you are in a group and you're in a position of power, it is imperative that you keep somebody there to monitor your power and to check your growth. Because if you go unchecked, then it might turn into a malignant growth that you are unable to control and it'll just kill everything around you. Um. Change <laughs> yeah. the subject completely. Master P is still worth $250 million. Yeah. I'm so excited about that. That's good. Like, okay. So here's the, here's the thing. Um, if Master P, who had at one point amassed a significant amount of riches, cannot f- somehow flip that into wealth, how do any of us have a hope as black people? Mm-hmm. We should never, pr- like, pray for another black person's uh, poverty. Because that means if we don't have a chance of flipping, no, no, nothing like that. I'm just, I'm just shocked because he's just off the radar. Yeah, I mean, I mean he just, he just kind of shows up randomly at stuff and was like, oh, Master P is still a thing. I feel like he, he also has still made worth almost two million dollars. I feel like, uh, wow, that's a low number. <laughs> like, I like honestly, I feel like he should be able to command that to show up and do like promotional speeches, like a hundred thousand at least for Matt, Matt, uh, MC Hammer to show up and do like a promotional speech, right? Like, right? Like, ah, uh, kids, you should really plan your financial futures. Correct, MC Hammer. Correct. <laughs> don't run with groups if they don't all have a job other than being your group. Look, I thought I was legit. In fact, I thought I was too legit to even quit. As it turns out, I wasn't because I did quit. And now I'm doing speeches. This is my story. <laughs> and now I'm robbing banks. I felt like that was the <laughs> Now I rob banks. That was the correct ending for that one. Correct. <laughs> I tried being a nice guy. I tried I'm being legit. In fact, I was too legit until I had to quit. And now I'm robbing banks. banks. Honestly, two million is too low a number for how much money he had at one point. But he had that whole group of like three hundred people. Like at the point where that nigga did the too legit to quit tour and was trying to I don't know why he wanted to start beef with Michael Jackson. But Can we talk about like like what it really means to bring the whole hood with you? Yeah. Can we really talk about what that means? Cause I feel like like we for whatever reason have equated that to only money. Like only money is bringing the hood with you and I feel like the better thing would be opportunity. Like money in some cases is opportunity. Like when you have like a young person who can't afford to go to college, then you pay for college. That's an opportunity. 
But I feel like leaving the door open is not just throwing money at people. It's giving them opportunity to take their skills or you, or, to a higher or, level. Or you, or you can do the things the Nipsey way and get God. Nigga. Too soon. Forever. I never even listened to a Nipsey song. I'm just fucking with it. I, I, um, I actually only knew, at the time of his passing, I actually only knew the song that was on NBA Live. He's um, like a really nice guy. You know yeah. what? I went, I went back and I listened to Victory Lap. Victory Lap is impressive. Yeah, he's, he's, got, he's a really good... Uh, that's the one that won the Grammy, right? I believe so. Yeah, but it's, it is, it is it's impressive. a dope album. Yeah, he, he has like a really cool sound. Well, had a really cool sound. Uh, it's a shame that he got shot. Yeah, it is. I will say this. I, I think it's the concept of bringing the whole hood with you. I feel like it's misconstrued as you're supposed to like set everyone else up financially. And I think it's it should be more. Uh, so like, I guess as I have continued to like, you know, uh, do comedy, I would assume, not that I'm going to make it some huge thing, but like as you work in this, you start meeting other comedians that are funny and you start meeting other artists that are doing specific things. And I would imagine that the concept would be instead of, uh, you know, me giving money to all of them, it would be uh, opening the door and like making more opportunity. Like the example I give in this case would be like Reggie Watts. So like Reggie Watts, you know, musician, uh, also a comedian kind of blew up and when he got uh his gig with currently uh the late night show that he's, he's currently playing with he came kind of back to seattle and found people who he knew from the scene and took him with him and i feel like that's them him kind of giving like opportunity to people that he's already met that he knows are talented that just need to have someone open the door for him and i feel like that's more how i i would hope that uh people would give back to their community and i hope that would be more what the community would want like giving people an opportunity that are actually talented and i mean i, I feel like there are some type of people that that are not that will want the opportunity and you, you still have to be discriminatory i guess but or i guess uh discerning would be a better word but yeah i feel like it's it's this concept like that's what got mc hammer in trouble is instead of trying to like open the door and create opportunity for other talented people he was just trying to like take care of everybody and that's that's misguided yeah <laughs> almost but like I, everybody's father but in some weird misguided way but i've seen it i've i've seen it personally with you know i i know people connected to alan iverson so i've seen this it like in person i've seen like what happens when everybody depends on just you mm-hmm. yeah and 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 um i think um Bomani told a story of some writer who was writing uh writing a story on alan iverson and he said that they're all um they're all in the the limo or the car or something like that and in a moment of reflection he looks over at the security guard he says like you're the only person that that i know that actually has a job yep damn and you're still getting paid by me yeah that is depressing and see that's that's the danger i feel like like there's there's a difference between like supporting everyone and giving them like opportunity and, and like I feel LeBron like, did it the right way. Yeah, he gave his he gave his dudes opportunities. He was like, "Yo, if you manage me, 
we all can get paid and he gave them the opportunity like you manage my entertainment part like and he's given them the opportunity to shine and help and him produce they things. messed up i'm sure he would have fired them but they actually were oh, able to do something beneficial and yeah, i think he, that's also recognizing talent like he recognized specific talents within his friend group because i think we all have friends that have like really you know true talent. talent jay but see that the thing wait, the thing oh, about wait it, uh, what's my what's my talent if i had to nigga if if I had to put it to something, I would say it actually is what would be your ability to legitimately take something that's a good idea and produce it. I feel like if you had if you had a, a enough money to hire a team around you, because there are some things that, and I'm not trying to even be rude, there are some things that I feel like uh, you don't. Better. No, there's some things that you don't catch, but like when we work together, there are things that I catch that uh, you may not, and there are things that you catch that I wouldn't or you to think of that I wouldn't. And I think if you had like a support team around you and enough money to to like build towards a production, like you could do some really amazing things because you have a lot of ideas. I think sometimes you're so caught up in the idea that you you miss some of the details. And I'm not even trying to be rude. It's just, it's a thing that we we both do. I think sometimes I get so caught up in an idea I don't realize the details until I'm dead in it. And then I'm like, ah, oh, shit, this is, this is massive. And like, I tend to do that. I get in over my head and then I'm, I'm very much of like, all right, I'm going to fight the giant now. <laughs> and I, I think I enjoy it a little bit, but it's also uh, a, kind of a detriment to my art because it takes me forever to do stuff. <laughs> Damn, I, I thought you were going to say that I care about people. Um, <laughs> so never mind. No, I think no, that's not, good. that's I not think, a talent to get you paid. Wait, so I hold up the right. screen. That's not, a, that's not a talent to get you paid, nigga. I'm talking about, like, get you paid talents. Of course you care about people. Oh, that's, yeah. Also, that should be a standard human trait. Like, I'm it's not going to big up somebody. It's not. But I'm not going to – I feel like we should stop big upping people for just being decent human beings. Like We were just talking about how people need to be decent. Look, the way that I taught my team how to pass basketballs when they were little kids, because they used to play that zombie ball shit where they would just follow one person who had the basketball and everybody else had their arms straight out in front of them saying, pass me the ball, pass me the ball. And they just follow them like that, literally hands out in front of them, wrist down, so they wouldn't have been able to catch the ball. They just follow them, pass me the ball, pass, pass. So I called it zombie ball. The way that we got rid of zombie ball, was we had the kids each stand in a certain place on the court and we applauded the pass more than we applauded the shot. So um, if a kid made a pass and a kid made the basket, we applauded the kid who made the pass first. And then we applauded the kid who made the basket. And by doing that, the kids wanted the applause first, so they started making passes, and the zombie ball thing kind of faded out as they got more confident and comfortable with getting applause for passing the ball. And um, it got better. I think that to be, like, a good person, I think that it's okay to applaud people for doing good person shit. Like, if you're not used to doing good person shit and you do it – that's like me making a tremendous catch when something's falling off the table and nobody says anything. It's like, fuck y'all. I did that. Recognize my greatness. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, I have started to get a little bit of a chip on my shoulder about that. <laughs> Where, um, Okay. So uh, last night, again, I murder. Uh, I'm sitting outside quietly smoking, just try, trying to like, like come back down. And a dude walks up and he's like, oh, yeah, so you're really funny. Uh, tells me I'm really funny. I'm like, yeah, he's talking to me. He, like, just 
performed for his first time and never done stand up. He was like standing outside, like trying to write jokes on his phone. He did pretty good actually. Um, so like another comedian walks up and I was like, yo, you know, he's, this is uh, this dude introduced the two of them. So he just had his first time. He did all right. He's like, Oh, he did better than you, didn't he? And then I Emil was like, fuck no. no I did fucker. <laughs> Emil was like, fuck no. Uh, and then I then went on this uh, wheat fueled, by the way, because I was pretty high. I went on a, a wheat fuel anger rant where some dude uh, asked me how tall I was. And I was just like, yeah, I'm 6'6". Six, six. He's like, oh, man, what's the view like from up there? I'm like, well, it's annoying as fuck right now. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure once this conversation is over, it's going to be a lot better. Uh, was the beginning of this wheat fuel rant. Um <laughs> And I think it was all kind of pushed by like, I, like you just hit me in the wrong place. And like, oh, you, you oh, he'll bet he was funny. And it's like, and he was just trying to be funny, I guess. But uh, don't fucking not, doubt not me. Not the time. Yeah. Don't fucking doubt me. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, uh, yeah. So I, I feel you on that. Like, it's, that's an interesting feeling for me as well. Cause like, I generally don't give a fuck about that. Like, whatever, man. But in that moment, I got real upset. <laughs> and then uh, because I, I think I was, well, I was real high too. Uh, I got real upset and real high, and it was it was fun. I I dissed the shit out of somebody who uh, I don't know. He's he's not that funny. I'm not concerned about him going anywhere in life, so I'm good. Damn, you talked about me again on your set? No, not you, not you. Uh, the, the dude who was who was asking me how tall I am, like like that was another comedian uh, who his funny thing about my height was what's the view like up from, like from up there, and it was just like motherfucker, like this is some bullshit. I have a whole set where I talk about that, how I hate being like fucking talked to a, like I'm a goddamn object because I'm tall. And you know what I think it is? We don't know shit pisses us off until it happens and then it pisses us off and it's like zero to 100 pissed off. Oh, no, I know that pisses me off. Like, again, I have an entire set about how you and he actually said also, oh, my God. Because I have a part of my set where I'm like, uh, and when people ask me, like, oh, I have to ask. No, you fucking didn't. You did not have to ask. Like, you could live the rest of your life without asking. You'd be fucking fine. <laughs> There's a whole part of my set about that. And he was like, well, you know, I had to ask. And I was like, fuck you, man. Like, <laughs> and like, he's like trying to, he's like, and it's, it's, it's a white dude thing where someone's like, oh, I'm going to apologize for what I did, but be like, oh, but you know. I still think I should have did it, and it's that shit. And it, ooh. <laughs> so I'm getting, I'm, I'm a little high now, and I'm also getting more upset. Let's just say I, I'm unhappy about uh, that fucking shit. I actually never want to see that person again. Uh, I hope he does has nothing but failure in his life. I saw his set, so I'm pretty sure he's gonna have that. Um, and you know. I hope he keeps trying at comedy for at least 10 more years, but only goes as far as his fucking lack of talent will take him. Why don't you be real? Why don't you just say, I hope one day he's surfing the net looking for porn and he types in cheating girlfriends and his girlfriend pops up. That's all you really got to say. Like, I no. feel like <laughs> his mom. No, no, his mom would just be a double kill, but his girlfriend in his bed his mom and his girlfriend in his bed with his stepdad. Oh. (laughs) Ooh. His mom in his bed with his stepdad. With his girlfriend. Gotta gotta up the ante. You you gotta have it. Yeah, I mean, if I found out that my parents were having sex in my bed, I think that would take me out. But if it was my girlfriend involved too, I I think that would just be the, the 
I'd have also, to kill my stepdad. Also, real talk, I'm here for that point. Like, I would totally watch that. <laughs> like, your I mean, mom? Uh, no, not my mom, but uh, mom, uh, like the hypothetical mom, stepdad, girlfriend. You, you know what the problem is? That's literally the number one porn that's out right now. Right now, there's a lot of stepdad porn. Stepdad, stepmom. It's real yeah. disturbing. I, I don't know what the fascination with that is. So I feel like stepdad, mom, uh, girlfriend just feels like the perfect revenge porn. And there's no one really hurt by that. There's no incesty feels to that. Stepdad and mom should be fucking. The girlfriend is just like, you know what? I don't like them, so let me jump in here too. I feel like that's okay. That's just revenge porn. Ooh. Mm. I, think I, I think I found the loophole. So, fellas, a group of police officers in Tempe, Arizona, said they were asked to leave a uh, Starbucks by a barista following a customer complaint on Thursday. Uh, the six officers stopped by the Starbucks on Scottsdale Road and Killips for coffee before they're shipped on the 4th of July. Hello! <laughs> the police officers said they ordered drinks and were told by a barista that a customer, quote, did not feel safe in their pre- by their presence in the store. They said the officers were told to move out of the customer's line of sight or to leave, and I'm okay with that. Yep, correct. <laughs> and here, here's, uh, on top of that, like, they were like, oh, we're disgusted and offended. That It's like, all right, here, here's a couple things. So black people have been having this happen to them for their entire lives, one. Two, uh, you can take off your uniform and have this not happen to you. You can take off your gun and have this not happen to you. Take off, you can, like, pull that shit off, and you're just a regular person. As black people, we can't take off our black. So fuck you. Uh, literally fuck you when black people have police officers called on them for just existing because we're black. So just because Bruh. you got a taste of what that shit is, now you want to be offended? When truthfully, now that you've tasted that shit, when you get called to a black person getting the police called on them because they're fucking black, maybe you'll stop and think about shit and stop pulling your guns up and escalating motherfucking shit with black people. Maybe this is a taste of your own motherfucking medicine and it doesn't taste good, does it, motherfucker? Or, you know, you Whatever. could just say quite simply that, you know, uh, two black guys literally got thrown out of a Starbucks by cops because they were fucking black yep so fuck you forever if you don't like that like honestly (laughs) fuck you forever you got a taste of what it's like to truly be quote-unquote a blue life and you don't like that shit do you so So, take your blue life the fuck off motherfucker i saw a video yesterday of a um of a white guy calling the cops on a on a brother who said that he was showing up to the apartment complex to wait for a friend and the whole time while they're having this conversation the 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 white dude's son who looks like he's um who looks like he's biracial of some sort um is like saying dad let's go and this is like a little kid he's about six years old uh, well, somewhere around there. He's he's like, Dad, let's go. I agree with him. And it's like, your your child has way more sense than you do. Yeah, and he's, he's got a Twitter account. He knows what's happening. He's like, yeah. oh, no, Dad, they're going to drag you the fuck across black Twitter. We got to go. Right. <laughs> it's going to blow up. We got to go. <laughs> and, then the, and then, like, while he's on the phone with the cops, the guy's friend actually shows up while he's on the phone phone with the cops and the son is like see he told you already let's go dad and dad is like so focused on trying to get this call through that eventually he just gives up but like this little kid has more sense than you do it's like he's not bothering anybody leave him alone like let's go 
just like a six-year-old has more sense than a grown-ass man. And honestly, I guarantee you, as soon as they left and they got in behind closed doors, he beat that little kid's ass. Like, don't you ever talk sense to me when I'm being irrational and racist. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like part, I said, I'm that little boy. That a little bit, but that's also kind of sad. That little boy uh, looked like he was mixed with something. So, like, it was probably yeah, a situation he where, where he put that little bastard in a cage. So, I went to a baby shower. Well, I dropped Gogo off for a baby shower yesterday. Dope. Dropped her off at uh, her great aunt's house, I guess, on her mom's side of her family. And so... <laughs> Wait, was her great aunt the one having the baby? No, it was her oh. aunt who was having the baby. Oh, okay. Um, wow, great aunt getting that work in. Oh, I'm <laughs> sure they still were. Gogo's young, so these folks... Oh, that's true, that's true, that's true. That kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, they might be... They, she might still be able to... Well, you know, anyway. All right, sorry. So, <laughs> um, went to see... Like, I, I waited around. Usually, I would, you know, just drop her off and dip out. But this time, I hadn't seen her aunt since she was, like, maybe 12 because her mom and I had split up, mm-hmm. you know, around that time. So I was like, yo, your, your aunt's having a baby. I haven't seen her in a while. I'll stick around and say hi and congratulations and all that good stuff. So we sat out there and we talked, uh, Gogo and I. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, then we went inside their house and her grandma said hi and her great aunt said hi and her great uncle said hi. And we're just having a real pleasant conversation about how they built a pool in their backyard and the cost of all it. And I'm getting all this information just in case I want to build a pool, which Gogo is pushing me to do, but I'm not. Um, and the conversation was real nice and pleasant. Her grandma was chopping up pineapples. They were offering us pizza and sodas and all that kind of stuff that they were doing for this uh, baby shower and telling us about the food they were going to cook. And I'm listening and interacting and all that. And then I look over to the right mm-hmm. because, um, we're on a, like a dual level area. So you look down the stairs to the right. It's a short stairway and you can still see down that goes into the sunken living room area with the, uh, fireplace and all that kind of stuff and it's a nice house so i'm just you know house peeping while i'm talking with this family and in front of the fireplace like literally sitting in front of where you would put the wood into the fireplace is this wood carving uh it looks like somebody took a bunch of two by fours and painted them to create the american flag um and it's it's nice art except for the fact that there's a fucking thin blue line through the middle of it and my entire attitude just changed. These white people, I was talking with them. They were talking so nice to me and all that kind of stuff. They're talking so nice to my daughter and all that kind of stuff. And then I saw that they had a thin blue line. What does that, what does that symbolize, by the way? The thin blue like, line is... Lives matter. It's blue lives matter. Oh, that bullshit. Okay. And yeah. so none of them are police officers. Not a single one. Uh, I think some of them have been COs, but none of them are police officers in the entire mood in my face in my life. I didn't, I mean, I didn't like squinch up my face or anything. The conversation continued because I'm not going to be like, why the fuck y'all got that? But why the fuck y'all got that? Your daughter, your your granddaughter is black. She's one of the main proponents of folks I know at her age uh, telling folks how black lives matter. Why do y'all got that just sitting right there for folks to see as soon as they come into the house? And it's like, it's once you see it, you can't unsee it. It's a really big, it's about the size of a, a, a 65 inch TV. Holy fuck. It's big. And I feel like they put it outside for the 4th of July and just advertised it like this is what we believe in. And I'm like, fuck y'all. Because honestly, at that point, 
first of all, I could see them supporting it and it's them basically supporting white supremacy, whether they want to admit it or not. But of course they support it because uh, the police protect them. Like if the police protected me, I'd be down for that shit too. Like I would love to be able to call somebody with guns to show up to protect me for real, for real. Like, oh, I'm scared. Call people with guns. They show up, they look around, we talk, they make me feel better. We hug it out and I go back inside my condo like, man, that was great. I would love that experience. But of course, I don't get that. So like, yeah, for them, that shit is fantastic. And they don't realize that they're just fucking supporting white supremacy because either they don't realize it's a different experience for black people or they don't fucking care. And either one is not okay. It just irritated me so much. And my daughter was like, well, you know that there are CEOs in the family and all that. And I was like, no, I don't. I got to go. Yep. I Get the go. fuck out. Yep. Um, Too much goddamn pork at this party. Huh, so another thing that triggered me uh, yesterday, I read a story about a guy who was having sex with his girlfriend and she broke his dick. Oh. Yeah, I saw that. That's still happening in 2019. Right. Reverse cowgirl <laughs> is still breaking dick. It's dangerous. It's, if I can't do it because of anxiety. <laughs> like, as soon as it starts, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, hold on. And, like, I, I really am just, like, there's a there's there's a, a boundary that I'm setting a very hard boundary I'm setting but with just my arms and my hands by just like you're just supporting her underneath like you can't, you can't go you can't go past his line and when she asks you why you can literally say I know a guy yeah uh, like just sometimes it gets a little too aggressive and and it just immediately gives me anxiety one time it popped out and like I literally like I saved myself because I was so about it. Mm-hmm. It came back down. I was already soft. Like no, mm-hmm. <laughs> I know a guy really fucking with my sex life. Like it's just a legit amount of anxiety. Where like I don't think I can. Like when I think it's coming, I legit lose an erection. It's <laughs> save yourself. Yeah, it's, it's that's, like that's happening to me too. It's I'm like just the like, saddest Ooh. defense mechanism ever. It's just like no, no, yes. no, no, no. <laughs> Thank goodness for anxiety in that moment in that moment alone i will say this uh because i you know your story tragic uh but i also ha- saw it happen uh, abella anderson is the porn star who did it so i don't remember the dude she broke because I, I didn't see his face i just saw it was a real quick gif of her like reverse cowgirl and, and like she pulls back and slams down and he goes sideways and it is mm-mm and every time I see, and I remember her name as a porn star because every time like I see another porn with her, I'm like, oh, that's the dick breaker. <laughs> and I just wonder how many dudes are like, mm, I won't do a reverse cowgirl with you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm real happy to be there, but not for too long. And as soon as I start, not uh, I, you can tell when it's going sideways. Like I am well aware of it now. And, and no, man. Well, of course now, like. Like, okay, I don't even mean this to be funny, but, like, there has to be some amount of a little bit, like, PTSD around that for you, right? Oh, yes. Like, yeah. like there's certain things that just don't happen in our household much anymore. Like, yeah, I don't even think... A little bit of trauma, I would imagine. Yeah, I don't even think she goes for that maneuver much anymore. Like, I have to literally, like, kind of say, let's do this. And she's like, are you sure? Because it's been, like, what, uh, seven years? Oh wow, yeah, that's yeah. 
Also, I I, I kind of love how you said there's certain things that just don't happen in our household. <laughs> I just it's like wow, all over the household, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's nice to know that's still going strong. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, also, a real quick question: um, What are those ESPN alerts? Uh, and can we talk a little bit about the NBA if that's what they are? Uh, no, actually, it's about uh, the United States beat Netherlands two nothing in the Women's World Cup final to become the second team to win consecutive Women's World Cup titles. Hooray! Now and then the other one was about we coming home. <laughs> Paul George said about him and Kawhi because they yeah. both live in South. Okay, so yeah, can we talk about that? Is about the NBA. Can we have a quick talk about how the NBA has changed? Can we have a quick talk about how gangster that was that he pulled that off? Man, I I think it's I think it's real gangster that like he just won a championship with a team and was like, no, y'all niggas knew I I was a rental. Like y'all niggas, he did that with the Spurs. Technically, he was like, "Mm, "I'm out." (laughs) No, he really did it with the like. Toronto was like, "But we won a championship," and he was like, "What's that got to do with me?" (laughs) Like, yeah, uh, mail my ring to L.A. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, I bet they're gonna have to like line up at L.A. Clippers Toronto Raptors game so that like when they drop the banner for it, he can be in the building. I guarantee you, that's gonna be one of their first games. I guarantee all those white folks in Toronto are gonna have nigger signs. Oh, they're gonna boo him. Oh, they're well. You know what? I feel like he's bittersweet because he's been very nice about it. Yeah, he. Well, they're Canadian. He did bring them a championship. So, like, I feel like that's one. And I mean, the nature of the game is like, he he came in on a one year. They got what they they both got what they wanted. He got his money. He got his chance to like prove that he's a a dominant player. I feel like the clout that he earned by winning that championship is how he got Paul George in the L.A. because L.A. gave up everything to get Paul George there. Everything. Yes. Every draft pick that they will ever have till 2025 is <laughs> it's Oklahoma City's. It's crazy. It's so many hey, draft Because picks. they don't expect to have a high draft pick for the next – Well, yeah. Ever. <laughs> Right. <laughs> like both of them niggas are let's see Kawhi is starting line yeah he's 28 29 I'm about to find out their starting lineup is Patrick Beverly Louis Williams or potentially Patrick Beverly Louis Williams uh Kawhi Leonard Paul George Montrezl Harrell yeah Here's the problem with that. Like, everybody is, like, really hype about it, but, like, both of them niggas got, got injury issues. Both of them. Yeah, that is true. And, I mean, it doesn't take – we've all seen the uh, Grant Hill, Tracy McGrady lineup they were supposed to have with the Orlando Magic way back when. And then Grant immediately got injured and lost the rest of his life. I feel like – oh, I thought we were t- – I thought we were talking about the Tracy McGrady Vince Carter matchups where No, they were good. But when he went to Orlando because he yeah. thought Grant Hill and him were gonna start something up and they pitched for Tim Duncan, which history lesson motherfucker, they've been trying to get big three since ever. The nineties. Right. Uh, technically, uh you just they you had to have two superstars to win. Because like, even with the Bulls, like despite everyone's like Michael Jordan's transcendental, uh Scottie Pippen was a superstar in his own right. And I think the formula, like even with uh like the Detroit Pistons, uh Dumars and Thomas, superstars in their own rights. Like you but have to what, have- what I'm saying is back then, uh the Bulls, Scotty and Michael, that was organic. 
Yeah. The, the Pistons, that was organic. Magic Everybody and Kareem were made. Yeah. Magic and Kareem were made. Yes. Because Kareem got traded for. Or no, was it free agency or trade? I can't remember. Because he, he started with the Bucks. He started with the Bucks. Yeah. He was like, I'm not coming back here. Do something. Like, fuck this. This team sucks. <laughs> no, he was, like, he was like, it's fucking Milwaukee. They're, they're yeah. racist as shit. Let True. me out. <laughs> so, I mean, we're talking about this stuff, but you act like. Super teams haven't been built since the beginning of time. Like, Wilt Chamberlain didn't just jump to the Lakers from the 76ers for no reason whatsoever. Oh, he was trying to – he knew where his bread was going to be buttered on. Yeah. Because, like, you want to – and, I mean, honestly, it wasn't so much people who were trying to make super teams. It was just where we want to win. And I know if I play with these guys who I like already, who are good players, we're going to win together. Like, but I think the first time we knew that it was a – that it was the player's decision was the Celtics. Like that was when it was like it was like um um so you, like the uh the Kevin Garnett Celtics correct? yeah and, yeah because yeah, like both of them were like him and Ray Allen was just like man I ain't going if you ain't going like that <laughs> <laughs> um and they, they kind of worked that out between themselves it was like those right, Celtics man. ever those Celtics won one right they won one I believe like that's shocking when you think about that <laughs> like they won one championship with that. What with what is probably one of the first super teams? I think it was just because like uh, Garnett was like falling out of his prime. I mean, before that though, the Houston Rockets saw what was going on with uh, with the Bulls and went out and got Clyde Drexler and and, and Charles Barkley and all these kind of uh, people and Scottie Pippen and Scottie Pippen. But they don't want to talk about super teams. Or when the Rockets went and got Barkley and Pippen and uh, who was the other dude? The Rockets right. built in right. a Olajuwon. Yeah. And- when the Lakers had four Hall of Famers and Rick Fox as a right, <laughs> right, they want to talk detrimental about this now. They literally had Gary Payton, Carl Malone, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, and Rick Fox. Still <laughs> not win. Carl Malone sacrificed because, for that team. No, that's because uh, Kobe was convinced that Carl Malone was trying to have sex with his wife. Oh. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I mean, given his track record, like, yeah. Uh, Carl Malone uh, is into that type of woman. Is a dirtbag. Yes. Of course he Carl is. Is a dirtbag. But, I mean, and Carl Malone's a good-looking dude. I'd be trying to bang body. everything out in Utah, too. Okay, this is 100% true. Carl Malone, okay, yes, very good-looking dude. He should have been like, but as long as he was upfront about it, like, look, look at me, look at you, let's do this. I'm clearly not going to be here tomorrow. Look at little Kobe, and then look at my muscles. Look at little Kobe, and then look at my pecs. Look Come on, man. girl, let's go have some Carl Malone sex. That's you know what I'm saying. Like, let me take you down to the post because Melman <laughs> is short to deliver. Let me take it to the hole, baby. One hand behind my head. Yep. This is the Carl Malone dunk. You seen how I throw those elbows? Really? That's how I sling that dick. Buy you, buy you. But I mean. <laughs> There were so there were so many issues with that Lakers team. I yeah. think that was also the year that uh, Kobe said Shaq had sex with somebody too. <laughs> like Ooh, all the stuff true. with you, Angelo Russell, and also like I feel like Kobe and Shaq didn't work on a conceptually fundamental level. Uh, when you think about the fact that Shaq is the type of person who shows up uh, out of shape and then plays his way back into shape because he's not going to work out for free. Mm-hmm. While Kobe is this dude who is constantly working out all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, clearly they're not going to get along with each other when Kobe is watching Shaq play his way back into shape. Like, motherfucker, we got to win. 
And I mean, right, even right now, Kobe's working out. He started coaching his daughter's team just so he could go work out. Correct. Right? Shaq is somewhere looking like me. This nigga, this nigga Kobe got his daughter's team running the triangle. Yeah. Right. A hundred percent. And she's she's kind of dope though. Like, like she like I've actually seen like little clips like on like Facebook and stuff like that. She's actually pretty dope. Yeah. I feel like when you have an NBA father uh, who was the center of a championship team, by default, your game is going to be kind of nice. It's not even genetics. It's just you have a man who understands how to do this, who uh, at your disposal, the moment that you show that you enjoy basketball is going to be all in for that shit. So like the only Jordan's kids. Yeah, the only kid that I would I would say uh, the only kids I would feel the worst for it would be Shaq's kids because there's no way Shaq put any work in with any of his children. He's like, I don't know, just you know, just I just run up and down, dunk on everybody. That's what you do. I feel like that's just Shaq's. Wow, that's a terrible Shaq impersonation. Sh- uh, Sh- Sharif is actually really dope. I think he just yeah, he just had yeah, to have some surgery. Yeah. yeah, surgery. Yeah. Also, can we talk about how the, that Zion Williams' dunk caused, caused an earthquake? Can we talk about that? No, can we talk about how Zion Williams hurt his knee and immediately said, fuck Summer League, I'm not doing this, and <laughs> sit out the rest of it. And I think that's the ballerest thing ever. Uh, yeah, mainly because he's on a giant-ass contract uh, with his team, and I don't blame them for being like, nah, you good, sit. Mm-hmm. Like, we saw enough. You caused an earthquake with your dunks. We're good. Like, yo, my knee hurts. Where? It no, hurts he, everywhere. I need to sit out the entire summer league. He no, had pre-contact. He needs conditioning. And the, it, he, the dunk didn't cause the earthquake. Him landing from the dunk caused the earthquake. Huh. That needed – well, he had a knee and he hit. Like, that shit yeah. hurts. That really hurts. I, I don't blame him being like, ow, fucking ow. <laughs> like, you feel that. And, like, those type of hits over and over again, like – that's how you end up not like, especially as big as he is, he should be mad protective of his knees. Right. So I don't really understand the possessiveness that we have with everything. Um, not us, but I mean, people as a, us as a whole, uh, how we have such possessiveness over things like books and, 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 and stars and, and video games and all this kind of stuff and how we're telling the creators or the person who is in this to make these changes to appeal to us uh, with the exception of Sonic the Hedgehog, which is horrible. Oh and my God. Ashamed of him. That was, that was just legitimate constructive criticism. Like, look, I want to watch this movie, but I really need you to make Sonic look better. <laughs> like that shit was scary looking like his legs huh. were way too long. He looked like the Grinch. It was weird. Blue. Uh, I will say I agree with you, and it's it's this weird like sentiment where people feel as if they have spent money for something, so now they own it, and and this is not the truth. Like no matter like you could personally buy every single thing uh, that everyone has ever, anyone has ever produced. So one artist, you could buy every song, you could buy every album, every T-shirt, go to every concert, and you don't own any piece of who that artist is and how they choose to produce that art. You don't. And for some reason, as a society, we don't understand that. Mm-hmm. And then get mad when they're like, yo, fuck you. I'm going to do this my own way. Yeah. That's it, why people it, it all started. It, oh, it all started with Mass Effect 3. Mass Effect, Mass Effect 3. When, the, when, the, when, the, when they effectively got the ending 
changed or added to, um, that's when like the masses realized that they could really affect the change if they if they if they whine about this shit loud enough. And that's completely changed a lot uh, when it comes to media of all types. So, yeah, Mass Effect 3 was the downfall of our society. And it was also the downfall of Bioshock cause they're, or Bioware because they were like, fuck you, we're just not going to make good games anymore. No, yeah, well, it was, no, actually it was, everybody left after that. Like the, the guys who started the company, the doctors, you know, they were doctors, yeah. Bioware doctors. Um, they just fucking left. Mm-hmm. They were just like, you know what, fuck this, we're out. And then Casey Hudson left. And Casey Hudson was the guy that came up with the concept for Mass Effect in the first place. He was like, you know what, I'm out. He came back like halfway through Anthem, but it wasn't enough time to make Anthem anything. So like everybody everybody just fucking left. Nigga, I just want to point this out real quick because somebody put up a tweet and this is just kind of awe-inspiring to me. This is the new NBA. LeBron and AD, Kawhi and PG-13, our, our Lakers got Bron and Brow. The Clippers got Kawhi and PG-13. The Nets got KD and Kyrie. The Trailblazers organically have Dame and CJ, which, by the way, not a bad look. Yeah. The Celtics so have Kimba and Hayward. The Sixers have Embiid and Simmons. The Warriors have Steph and Clay. They're not even giving credit to the Nuggets who have Jokic and uh, – What's what's the young guard's name? Murray. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, the Warriors have Stephen Clay. The Rockets have Harden, CP3. The Dallas Mavs have Luca and fucking the unicorn himself. Um, the Thunder have Russ and Westbrook. <laughs> <laughs> I seen I seen the I seen and the Knicks have cap in space. <laughs> yes, that's all. About to say. The Knicks have cap in space. Yo, the Raptors low-key still have Siakam and uh, Lowry. Yeah. And Siakam is fucking He's not good. a bad – he's not a bad player. Is he ready to carry a team? No. Not sure yet. But, I mean, he might – he might he, – he, he had a huge breakthrough this year. He I might mean, still break through the next. It's the same way that Kawhi was with the Spurs. Like, Kawhi was a, a utility player for the most part who would get his through defense and stuff like that. And then when Tim walked away or when Tim retired, Kawhi took off. off. Yeah, so like you never know. Like he he has the spotlight. Um, I, he has some holes in his game, obviously. And, and it, depending on how he works this offseason, to try to like you know shore those up. I think I'm saying this because this is the perfect time to bring back NBA Street. Oh my god! Right? Yeah. Or it's, just and, NBA Jam? And, and, no, and not and not fucking playgrounds. Who 2K got the rights to playgrounds, and now it has all of that fucking um, monetization no, shit. No, no, right? NBA streets, NBA streets, and here, here's why. And, and I want it to be. Uh, I don't want it to be seventies theme. So please don't bring back the seventies theme. But um, it would be amazing now, just because uh, the NBA is also involved into like much more of a three pointer league. Which means, like, you catching fire would be insane. There'd be a shit ton of, like, goaltending. It would just be great. It would be – can you imagine <clears throat> play, getting to play with LeBron, taking off from, like, the three-point line, and then everybody jumps up in the air and, like, grabs onto you, and you just carry them to the goal with you as you jump? <laughs> I just – I feel like and, what needs to happen And is, then getting a foul shot. <laughs> when they come out with Space Jam Part 2 – they need to take that opportunity to make an NBA street type video game and then have the Monstars in it as one of the unlockable teams, but have NBA street volume five, I guess 
Did you ever uh, did you ever play Looney Tune basketball? Yeah, it was dope. Yeah, it was actually like I mean, despite the fact that they they really culturally appropriated all of. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's, but you could look past that. Great game, good mechanics, real fun. Uh, it was a dope ass game. I mean, I, but to be honest with you, that came out during the era where niggas was already wearing the Bugs Bunny with his hat turned backwards T-shirts. They appropriated the shit out of Bugs, like our culture with Bugs Bunny and Bart Simpson, Black Bart. Like, right. Years, years ago, I took a uh, I took a picture of a customer that came in. Um, it was like about uh, uh, five or so years ago. Uh, I had a I had a customer come in with a black Bart uh, uh, shirt on, and he was like had on a Bulls jersey and was dunking. I was like, "Yo, I need to take a picture of this right now." And was he white or black? I'm curious. Oh, he was. Oh, come on. I don't know. I'm not assuming. Where was he? It was a brother, but he was an older brother, so he probably still black had Bart. To- he could have been a white person walking around in a black Bart T-shirt. I live in Seattle. That shit happens. I don't know. I don't know nothing about Seattle. Oof. Let me tell you. That's the best way to put it, too. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Man. <laughs> Just the fact that I'm, I'm legit heated about blackface and uh, <laughs> and other racist jokes should, should tell you where I'm at right now. It's okay. Before, for liberals. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I got. Uh, I wasn't a part of the conversation about the vaping because uh, I was around the time when I first just came in. Um, oh. I'm gonna tell you. Um, and you were talking about like the flavors, of course. Um, there is this one uh, flavor that I love. I can't have it a lot though, but it's called confetti cake. Oh, and le- legitimately, you can taste the cake, the frosting. And for some reason, you can taste the sprinkles. It is the most amazing thing that you have ever tasted in your life because you're like, there is no cake, there is no frosting, there is no sprinkles, but I taste all of it. Nigga, see, that's that's the thing that concerns me is that these Terrifying. are the that my kids would be like, I want in. I smell that. You know what? They should. And when they're of age, they should partake as much as they want to. And the, and the, the, the thing where you were saying about the weed uh, and like people not really em- embracing the flavors like that is probably because like the government seems to be coming for vaping and the flavors because it's appeal because they say it's appealing to children. Um, and they're really trying to come down on um, banning flavors, like especially like fruit flavors and stuff like that, which will impact me a lot because my favorite flavors are fruit and menthol. Um, so like, I mean, I'm vaping on uh, peach blue ras iced right now. So is is a is a thing, and like everybody's scared. There's like certain places, uh, like you know, places in like Vermont and shit like that, where like the whole city is like banning vaping and all this kind of shit, like weird shit. Uh, colleges are st- are starting to put bans because, of course, on the first, the um, the 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 smoking age went up across the board um so it went from it went from 18 to 21 so like so like colleges are just like man y'all ain't old enough for this shit so we're just gonna ban smoking of uh, of any kind across the board on campus and like weird shit like that so all of this stuff is just getting really crazy yeah well okay so i think the the basics of this is that as a society uh and i guess maybe i live in a really liberal city so like i yesterday i'm at uh, i was performing at a bar and the bar was right next door to a preschool so like next to the bar like there's a fence and, and i'm talking like maybe a foot 
uh, and then there's just two school buses lined up next to a bar. Um, and I'm still looking at that while I'm smoking weed in the street. And it's like, okay, <laughs> I can see the prop, like how this feels problematic. I, I think though, it's, it's something where um, as parents, like you kind of have to just address that with your children and explain to them, it's not easy to do, obviously. And I don't have a child, so I'm not, I'm not trying to take a position of preachiness, but like, you know, just explain to them, like, this is something that once you're 18 or you're 21, you can partake of. Uh, but until then you shouldn't, because it can affect how you will grow up. You can literally become less good of a person <laughs> by doing this now. I mean, it's proven through research that it, it can stunt or cause uh, issues with somebody, the child. Somebody in a school. Oh, I'm sorry. So say what? It sure uh, keeps pausing for me. I don't know if the sound from y'all keeps pausing, so I keep looking to to, yeah, to jump in. You keep dropping it sound. out. Yeah, yeah you're you dropping keep... in that on our side. I didn't want to say anything because society. Yeah, I didn't want to say anything. So you know, I didn't want to interrupt the show. Yeah. But but yeah yeah yeah. So all, all I'm saying is just I, I feel like it's something that we. How can I put it? I feel like it's something that uh, as a whole has to start with parents just having for real conversations with their children, and I think parents would prefer to have like the government and regulation do the parenting for them. And that's kind of lazy. And I say that as, with having no children, my bad. I need to make sure I say that. <laughs> no, I, I understand. Yeah. I have zero children. So I, of course I'm like, quit being lazy. Uh, I don't know what your lives are like. <laughs> well, I have a, a clue. That's why I have zero children. Yeah. I felt like a burn. I didn't mean it to. <laughs> I didn't mean it to. No, no, no. I just put roots on you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that um, why my left arm is going numb? I just thought it was good weed. <laughs> I, I just, I, I still love that BET commercial. BET had the best ghetto black commercial. I feel like somebody put roots on me. Uh, I still uh, remember the Sprite commercials on BET and the McDonald's commercials. Yeah, the one crispy chicken. And it wasn't even Mary J. Blythe singing. It was a cartoon about the guy thinking that his wife was cheating or his girl was cheating because she was always creeping out. But then he meant that she was always going to McDonald's to get uh, uh, chicken nuggets without him. Of course. Black folks, chicken, McDonald's. (sighs) Can we talk about uh, the fact that... um... McDonald's just openly was like, yo, we know you motherfuckers love this chicken. And we were all like, yes, we do. <laughs> the fact that they did that, um, that snapback, the, what was that dance called? The, the, the snap. Was it just called the oh, snap? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The ding, ding, ding. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. They did a commercial about the Southern chicken sandwich that they had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it was Southern and it was a Southern dance. They were like, say Southern. It was Southern, yes. Southern. <laughs> I'm really I'm really Southern. I I say it like you say Slytherin. I don't yes. I don't I don't I don't apologize for anything. Why are you adding an extra syllable? How you add an extra syllable to these nuts, nigga? These nuts. These nuts. <laughs> these nuts? <laughs> I, I don't know. How do you? That is actually a, a riddle. <laughs> All right, John, I'm out. Peace. All right, for sure. <laughs> it's a riddle. How do you add a syllable to these nuts? These nuts. 
but still not a syllable. I feel like you have to like, yeah, he's nuts. <laughs> like, <laughs> auto tuned myself. <laughs> you really did. You sound like T Pain right there. <laughs> if he did a song about these nuts. <laughs> oh, man. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, <coughs> actually, uh, nice. Laugh, laugh so much I cough some shit up. That's fantastic. Okay. So. I must know. I don't know why I felt so urgent to say this. Who you got in the championship for the NBA next year? Oh shit! Yeah, I actually I've been thinking about this for a bit. So like, I feel like because you know that you know Demarcus Cousins also signed with the Lakers. Yeah, right? I know, I know. And so, okay, if if D'Angelo Russell had signed with the Lakers, I would be like, whoa, it's a wrap. But he didn't. He went to the Warriors, and that's we're missing that. By the way, is him and Steph. So like they they should have like almost if he continues to play the way he has been playing, they should all have almost no like come down from Clay being away for a bit because he's gone for a year basically. Yeah, so they should have almost no come down from Clay being gone. But I mean, they're not gonna contend for a championship. AI's gone. KD yeah. on Draymond Green has now a horrible habit of coming into the league like 14, 15, 20, 30 pounds overweight. Yeah. yeah way yeah. back down, which I've always wondered, how y'all do that though? I well, can't do that. I can't I can't get into playing shape. Like I don't understand. Like, like you just have to I think you already have to be a pretty good athlete. because uh, like I don't understand why they would want to do that. <laughs> like that just seems like the first like 12 games of the season just suck for you. Like you're just constantly upset and like this sucks and everyone's faster than me. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want that feeling for 12 games. But yeah. Okay. So Warriors are in contention. Uh, I feel like LA is going to really have to get past uh, the Clippers. So the Lakers got to really fight past the Clippers. I suspect the Clippers are like everyone's like, oh, they're injury prone, but I don't think they're as injury prone as people think they are. No, like unless they are. And and I also say, will say this: Kawhi has a really good attitude about like just sitting when he like just to rest. And I think hopefully that's something that gets passed on to to PJ. You know what I'm saying? I feel like Kawhi has the Spurs mindset and he's teaching everybody else how to play like the, or how to be a Spur. Yeah, he's just like, look, uh, I'm going to rest tonight because I'm not playing back-to-back, so that's crazy. Like, I, I like that concept. Uh, I hope he does the same thing with PG because that's going to extend their lifespan. Um, I do like uh, Bucky and, and the Brow <laughs> in LA. That's going to be crazy, man. And for me, it's like, this is a dream of mine that's finally come together because way back when I was playing NBA 2K16 and I was the best player on the Kings with uh, Boogie, we had convinced Anthony Davis to come and join us. So instead nice. of it being me, it's LeBron James, which I feel like is my equivalent on that game because in NBA 2K16, I was literally averaging a quadruple double. <laughs> Wow. 2K16 was the last game where you could exploit the steal button. Yeah. Oh, my God. So uh, I just downloaded uh, 2K from my phone, and I have become addicted to playing it on my phone. And I 
here's what's disrespectful about this game. So it, it gives you players as cards, right? The cards have power levels. I got a Russell Westbrook card. 693 was his power level. I have a, Je- a Jeremy Lim card that is 963. <laughs> Jeremy Lim is 300 points higher than my Russell Westbrook card. What the fuck? This is mad disrespectful. Right? <laughs> and like, like base, actually base uh, Jeremy Lin was 873. Uh, so even at base, because you know, I've, I've augmented them up to like 900 and you can train them and like feed other cards into them. Which by the way, the Russell Westbrook card got fed into Jeremy Lin. I was like, fuck this. Like, why would I keep Westbrook card? <laughs> He's not as good as Jeremy Lin. <laughs> that is, like, I don't think they put thought into this. It's mad disrespectful. Uh, other examples, uh, Kawhi Leonard is only like a 763. And of course, like their their traits like uh, are kind of like staggered to where they are kind of themselves. So like um, for some reason, Marvin Williams is mad uh, powerful at like 600 or 693. Uh, but like he can't do things that Marvin Williams can't do, right? So like occasionally he'll pop a three. Uh, though, you know, he really shouldn't. Um, and Derek Favors, 905. I just feel like that card game is made for the little people to feel good about themselves. Yeah. And well, it's and it's weird because, the, again, the players are cards and like it's like a trading card game. So it's like that's how you get players on your team. So like none of the teams have any of the players that you think are going to be on it. So like you'll be like, oh, I'm playing against the Celtics. Why are they so tough? And then you realize LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green and fucking goddamn uh, Chris Paul are all on that same team. It's like, what the fuck? And so I'm just facing a a goddamn all-star team. Uh, it's not great. And once you realize you're facing them, you can't back out. <laughs> so you just have to, like, walk into this, like, like, all right, well, I mean, I guess my team is sort of good. I got Jeremy Lin and, and Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> it's like, we're going to we're gonna fucking own some motherfuckers. <laughs> Oh, I got blown out by uh, that squad with the LeBron, Chris Paul, Yaya. I got fucking blown out by, like, like I came back in the end uh, to catch up to, like, five points, but I was getting blown out by damn near 20 points. It was embarrassing. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like you are just, like, one step away from buying a console again. Uh. No, because honestly, this kind of satisfied my my want for games. So, like, this was – I was like, I'm having fun playing this. My only gripe about it is uh, I'm not a huge fan of, like, um, touchscreen touch analog sticks. Um, and also, oh, my God, I really fucking hate that they have this mechanic where you can either touch the player to jump to them or hit the pass button and do directional, uh, like, shifting, like, in a normal game. But the buttons are on the screen, so if you miss a button or if you, like, hit a button and a player, like, you're going for the shot button, for example, and I have big thumbs, so I hit the shot button and then accidentally hit a player while I'm hitting the shot button. So mid-shot, wide-open shot, Kawhi Leonard passes to fucking Miles Plumley, who is not wide open under the basket. And it's like, what the fuck? That happens quite a bit, and I don't like that. Uh, and I dislike that the turbo mechanic is you have to use the touchscreen analog stick push it further over to get people to run quicker. It makes dunking and layups like mad difficult. 
especially like in traffic. I guess it should be difficult in traffic, but I, I miss I miss having the turbo button and the shot button be like, yeah, you know, like the like I mean dunk bitch. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know that feeling that like I meant dunk bitch. You know, I, I miss uh it wasn't two K, it might have been live that has like the used to have the dunk button. There was a shot button and a dunk button. It was like I meant dunk bitch. I want that. <laughs> See, I was good with basketball games up until the point where it became fully like you can't use the buttons anymore like now it's just like you got to pull back uh, and right and you got to pull back and flick at the right angle otherwise it's gonna be messed up and i i can't plus i know that my kids will light me up and i'm not opening myself up to that like i'm not i i have learned which games my kids will kill me in, and i just don't uh, play them Smart. The only game I was down for that analog system in that I felt like utilized it a hundred percent the best uh, was Fight Night Round Three. Yeah, Fight Night Round Three was classic. Am I? Is it? Yeah, three. Because that they had that perfectly down, where like like a hook felt like you were doing a hook in an analog. It was like to each fist uh, blocking felt like you clenching your feet, like clenching your, uh, your arms together to block. And then like they had a whole system where you could counter where you were doing movements that like mirrored what truly felt what was happening on the screen. It was really intuitive. You could give that to somebody, let them play around for like maybe two minutes and then they were in. And it was just, they, they had like my favorite training games in any, uh, at any sports game, honestly, like it, give me that game right now on my phone for like ten dollars or less, and I you have my money, and I will not talk to human beings for another week. I feel like the beauty of Fight Night was the fact that you knew when your shit connected. Whew, it was so good. Like <laughs> yo, their entire face just looked like. Yeah. Oh, did you ever get the one hit knockouts where like you countered somebody with like a, so there was a, there was a huge ass, and actually I think I would want controllers for this, but there was a huge ass knockout punch you could do where it was like almost a full circle around and it had to be a counter to someone else's punch. Like <laughs> they, you couldn't do like the normal counter. It had to be like, they swung and missed and then you did the full circle. And if you did that, it was immediately a knockout. It was hard as fuck to get, but when you got it, it would be a one punch like bang. And, and when you hit it, it would be like, choo, 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 and you would just see them go to the mat. <laughs> that shit was the best. And like, I did it to a friend once, uh, and I only did it to him once because he figured out how to do it. And then it just became this like, we're both going to try this out real quick. More of attrition, like, who's going to swing first and miss? Yep. But I, the first time I did it to him, I swear to God, like, he threw his controller at me. Like, what the fuck did you do? <laughs> Because I had worked them down like it was uh, – I had worked – knocked them down like – first of all, when we made boxes, I should tell people this. When we made boxes, we made them uh, in our dimensions. So my friend was 5'10 and like 200. I was 6'6 six, six and 260. So like when we would fight each other in fight night uh, with our true to dimension characters, uh, I'm six six two sixty and uh, doing yeah, this Muhammad is not Ali. A good idea. That's that's the Muhammad idea. Ali uh, fight stance. So I'm just jabbing the fuck out of people. So I'm literally like jab jab bang and like just just knocking people the fuck out. <laughs> um, going up against this like borderline heavyweight who uh, I just basically pissed him the fuck off by just jabbing him to death and knocking him out twice. 
And then I did the one hit knockout because uh, he kept like trying to hook me because he had a hook master. And I was like, oh, I can dodge that shit. And as soon as I dodged it and did, got that one hook knockout, oh my God, like he threw his controller at me and like rage quit. It was the best. It's uh, It was almost like the nuclear uh, bomb in <laughs> Call of Duty Modern Warfare too. Oh God, I hated that so much. <laughs> I loved it. It was the best. How could you hate that? It was because niggas would start hiding in the back and they would just hide with their (laughs) friend and they would get shot and run back to that back spot over and over again. So then their friend could shoot them again and you could never find them. And everybody was literally trying to hunt for this one person who was hiding in the back, getting shot by his friend. And then all of a sudden you just hear the alarms. (laughs) There was nothing you could do once you heard the alarms. It was a wrap. And the game was over. And it pissed me off so much because nobody ever wanted to be my friend that much. I was like, hey, let's go hide in the back and let's go shoot each other up. Or you have someone who's like, all right, you do me first and then I'll do you. And then and they, they never follow through. <laughs> just leave. Yep. <laughs> they just run around shooting people. Like, yeah, you're supposed to be killing me, man. Yeah, let me get a couple kills first. No, hey, man, it doesn't matter when we do it. Game over. What the fuck? <laughs> also, I just realized that what I said sounds so firmly like i was talking about drugs hey man let's shoot each other up yeah <laughs> hide out in the back and let's shoot up <laughs> honestly uh I, as a concept especially like when uh if you ever got it like honestly so like the best part is uh you could build the perks so that you could get it honestly right mm-hmm. so if you ever did uh of course the way to do it was you had to make it to the uh the acr but, you know, overhead, overwatch. And once you mm-hmm. got that, it was just pretty much like it was over for them hoes. Like, it's 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 a wrap. Like, once I got to the ACR, like, yo, nuke is coming, motherfucker. Because that thing was just fucking insane. Uh, and unless somebody had a javelin and shoot it down, which uh, I always carried one just to prevent that, um, it was the best. So, uh, <clears throat> what I will say, though, is when you came across it, honestly... The best feeling in the world was like have like being right around kill number twenty four five, <laughs> and being like, guess what, motherfucker? It's surprise, motherfuckers. <laughs> my favorite would be like getting it and then just holding that shit until someone was about to win, and then dropping it before they could win, and be like, guess what, motherfucker? You did all that work, <laughs> and victory is mine. That was my personal favorite. Uh, man, I love. I loved it as it was such a definitive, like, I won, motherfucker. It, it's it uh, such a hateful moment. <laughs> like, seriously. Especially, I mean, I can go back and play Modern Warfare Part 2 right now, whatever that game was. I think it was just Modern Warfare 1. But I, I am well aware that I two. sucked at that game. Yeah, there was two, because I think that, cause that had the perk system. Because uh, it starts getting confusing for me, because then it, like, switched to Modern Warfare Black Ops and, like, there's just two concurrent games that feel very much alike. And I mean, now they come out with them like every year and I haven't played a call of duty game. I think that's because of esports, though, honestly, like I really do believe because of that industry, like those types of games, uh, because they do often become the games for like uh, tournaments and like games that like gamers like play, play uh, competitively. I think they kind of have a franchise to keep running. Because, uh, you know, fucking uh, Unreal Tournament attempted to be that for a long time. Mm-hmm. 
and I say attempted because I just named themselves that. We're like, we're coming out every year, and no one, <clears throat> no one wanted to join their tournament. Though I'm saying that, I'm saying that as an asshole because it was a really fun game. I actually really liked the real tournament. Yeah, it was fun. Just you know, the whole trying to get people to join you, like you said, was impossible because nobody wanted to be in my in my room. <laughs> well. I feel like Unreal Tournament was uh, was difficult also because like it's it's like when you um, when you're walking by a restaurant that's empty you don't want to go in but if it's like mm-hmm. a bunch of people you're like yo what's going on in that restaurant <laughs> and like when you start off and be like it's an Unreal Tournament and no one wanted to join like no one wants to join unless there's already people in it mm-hmm. you know what I'm like hey who all's coming to the party word that, I feel like they did better when they just called themselves Unreal like word that's that's who's word yeah so you Nobody. got. No, I'm good. Hey, we'll stop by later on. Don't look for us. <laughs> uh, I bought 12 bags of chips. <laughs> like, what am I going to do with all these chips? Hey, we're huh? going to stop by later on. We'll be there. Don't even trip. Just don't look for us. Just enjoy your time, and we'll be there eventually. I got six different salsas right now. Six. What am I going to do with six different salsas and 12 bags of chips? I'm just going to be on my couch all day eating chips and salsas. Fuck you guys for not showing up. Hey, man, I told you, we're coming eventually. Like, you sound like a real punk right now. Like, yo, who all's there now? Oh, you? Oh, do I sound salty? You know why? Maybe it's the 12 bags of motherfucking chips, motherfucker. I'm salty as shit. Hey, look, the chips gonna get eight. We gonna be there, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we gonna be there, maybe. Fuck you, Seattle. Well, niggas. Some Seattle shit to say, like, oh no, we 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 might be coming through. What? What do you mean, might? Like, who all's there? Just answer the damn question, Jay. <laughs> who all's there? Look, um, it's Affy, me, and then you start putting people's names that you think they know. Uh, uh you know, uh, Ted is here. Oh, you know yeah. Ted? No, yeah, he's just talking. You know how he does. Mike, <laughs> Mike is here. He brought Mike is here. He's loud. He's loud. He's amplifying the party. It's really great. <laughs> uh, and you never know exactly what they want to hear. Like, if they hear that there's somebody, like, if they're looking for a certain lady to be there or their friends to be there or something like that. So you start, like, just oh, interspersing. Uh, everywhere, every room she walks in, you can just smell her before she gets there. and it's, Just, it's just lights up the room. Um, Drake is <laughs> here. Uh, Jermaine. Um, Drake and Jermaine? Yeah, Drake and Jermaine are both here. Uh, uh, one is in the back just sitting by himself, uh, wondering when you're going to leave the front room to come looking for him. It is surprising, uh, however, that while Drake is here, Josh didn't come. Uh, yeah, no, I was thinking about the rapper, but it's okay. Oh, no, I know. I'm... I, 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 I saw maybe one episode of, J- of Drake and Josh. I love Drake and Josh. It was like one of my favorite shows. Uh, the dude from um, from Jesse. Uh, Wait, what was Jesse? Cameron Boyce. Uh, he played on a show that my kids know called Jesse, and he was in Descendants and all that kind of stuff. And he's dead, twenty oh, years right. old. He died in his sleep. What? Yeah, uh, he was in Shake It Up in Austin and Alley and Good Luck Charlie, and he played Luke on Jesse, which ran for four seasons, and he oh. died at the age of twenty. He was a freckle face. I know this kid. Yeah, I I just looked him up. I know this kid. Yeah, the freckle face kid. He passed away. Holy fuck. Right? Young as fuck, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Poor guy. I didn't know that. That's a goddamn shame. And Stevie Wonder needs a kidney transplant. Uh, 
uh, reports that he never saw it coming. Okay. <laughs> see, look. <laughs> they say he couldn't see a doctor. <laughs> I like how it's not he needs one. Uh, he's getting a kidney transplant. I think he needed one like uh, Years. six hours. No, he needed one six hours ago. Uh, he's getting one five hours ago because he's goddamn CV Wonder. Uh, I don't know whose kidney he's getting, but I'm pretty sure Stevie's more important than that person. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's somewhere out there there was a sniper like on it. Yeah, like, look, we got to get Stevie a kidney. <laughs> he he gave us life. intervisions. <laughs> I've been waiting for this all my life. And meanwhile, you will know it's playing in the background. <laughs> okay, words. real fucked up thought, but in the sniper scenario, I just imagine that they were, like, targeting another blind person just for the one-to-one. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why it would matter. <laughs> Yeah, they would never see that coming. <laughs> I don't know why it would even matter, though, but in my head, they're like, we got to shoot another blind person and take his kidney and put it in Stevie. Why does he have to be blind? Don't worry about it. Just target him. Right. Jay, I have not heard this from you in years. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that. It had to be a one-to-one. And I, it's... How, do you feel? <laughs> How do you feel when, like, suddenly ratchet stuff just pops up out of you that have been that in a long time. Like, I feel like at first I'm like laughing and I'm like, wait, <laughs> am I not better? Like, wait, what? No, uh, you missed, uh, I tweeted actually. I, I think it's, to me, it's just funny, but I, I think that's part of why I'm, I just, it makes me laugh. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't need to be a one-to-one. And I, I kind of let it go. Uh, but I tweeted, um, uh, and it was, it was it was basically a joke, but like people really had some issues with it. <laughs> I tweeted, uh, like I had a genie. It's like, what's your command? And I said, uh, first, make the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles real. Second, make them lactose intolerant. Uh, third, lock them in a room full of never-ending pizza. <laughs> and the genie response was just like, what's wrong with you? Right. <laughs> because that was a thought I really had. <laughs> like, to me, I'm, like, laughing about it. Uh, and then, like, I I said it uh, out loud to someone, and people were like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I realized, oh, okay, that's not a normal thought to have. Cool, 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 cool. Which is why you need friends. You need friends to be like, look, no. <laughs> it's a good thing. I just, I, 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 sometimes I say stuff on the show and then I'm just like, fuck, I thought I was better than this. And then I'm like, am I really supposed to be getting on myself? In the, in the name for- of comedy, I'm okay with uh, a Stevie Wonder one-to-one. So like I'm a Stevie Wonder Wonder. Yeah, I'm okay with a Stevie Wonder Wonder. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it took me a couple seconds. I got it on the third try. Uh, in, the, uh, in the favor of comedy, I am okay with this Stevie one to wonder uh, because it is um, kind of an unnecessary but like funny thread. It, it would be like, oh, we have to get someone who's blind and black as well, <laughs> which at that point actually makes it hurt a little bit more. Oh, I see why this is wrong. <laughs> but no, I, I feel like I, I'm not okay with it now because when I said black, I was like, nope, not cool with that. All right, now I get it. Not okay with it anymore. Cool, 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 cool. I progressed. (laughs) I'm just going to let you walk it out. (sighs) I mean, I got there. It took me a couple minutes, but I got there. No, 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 you know, I'm patient. I can wait. Have you seen um, Far From Home yet? Uh, No, I actually have it on my list. Um, So I haven't actually, unfortunately, like I haven't been home very much. I, I have kind of a 
remember when uh, I was talking about like how I was just kind of booking stuff, like just like uh, trying to get booked everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so I was I was successful enough to where like now I'm just like really booked. So I'm not home very much. <laughs> um, uh, so I haven't really been able to watch anything, truthfully. Okay. But uh, I did uh, maybe about two weeks ago watch. Uh, I don't know if you saw it uh, when they see it. Said, did you watch that? Yes. Have we talked about this already? No. Do you want to? Because I realized that it is extremely emotional. Uh, I cried throughout the entire thing. It was very emotional for me. It was like I had, I had to watch it in stages. Like I couldn't just sit down and binge watch it because it was just too much. I binge watched it. Oof. And I really Oof. wish I hadn't. I I had, for my health, I had to stop. So like I got to the first episode and I was like, yeah, I need to. And I got up and like cook breakfast and then like watched some funny shit and like, you know, and then came back uh, a couple days later. I was like, all right, I'm ready for the second episode. No, nope, I, I, I think that that came out right before we were going somewhere. So I had to. Oh, so you're like, I got to get this in if I'm going to watch it. Yeah, I just wish I hadn't. I wish I hadn't seen it. Um, Honestly, I, like I know how necessary it is and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. I really just wish I had never it's it's painful to watch uh for a lot of different reasons and and like i would say uh for anyone who who's contemplating seeing it um if you're watching it and it becomes painful don't force yourself to watch it mm-hmm. um i think especially for specific walks of life and for specific uh perceptions it it's it's not a lesson for certain people you see what I mean? So for like, for like, uh, for some black and brown people, there's no lesson in this. There's no, we're not going to see something that we don't already know about. And so in watching it, uh, like in my case, I was watching it in a supportive fashion where like, I want to add like views to this. I want to support this. Uh, it's a, it's largely a, a black, um, uh, you know, a largely black cast, largely, you know, black helmed, uh, you know, by Ava DuVernay. Um, and so like, because of, uh, you know, the money's not black, but whatever, we'll, we, we can gloss over that. But because, uh, because it, it, uh, it is this, uh, this thing that, that has so many black actors and artists who are working to be part of it, I want to support it. And that was how I watched it. Um, when it became too much for me, uh, I stopped. Um, and, you know, I, I cried through a lot of it and I finished it, uh, but it was hard. It was difficult. And I would say to anyone is, is, you know, as you're watching it, if you can't finish it, like, don't, like, stop. Especially uh, because it, it hit such a, a, a painful place for black and brown people in this country. Um, a lot of us have had our own personal experiences that are very similar to the experiences that the uh, uh, Central Park Five have had with the police. And obviously not to the extent where we've been in jail uh, or incarcerated un- unfairly, though, again, the treatment of people in incarceration, uh, that feeling of like uh, when you're first put in jail, there was like a whole scene where they showed them like pulling off all of their like clothes and like having to put on like jail uniforms, like that shit, that for real feeling, if you've ever had to experience that is dehumanizing. Mm-hmm. And so like, like it's all an experience that if you have had, you don't need to be taught about it. 
and you need to and so watch it from that standpoint if you want to support support but not at your own risk and i mean there's the uh fairchild of roth roth whatever her name is um the fact that she the actress who portrayed her in this move in this show? I hate the actress that portrayed her. Mm. Like that's 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 how I feel right now. Like I I'm I can't. Like I know that she was just playing a role. I know that she was just doing a job. I know that she was just reading lines. But the fact that she's literally the embodiment of the evil that they face that I'm seeing. Like she's it. They're not putting Rothschild in front of us, you know, in real life playing her own life because she's not going to be a part of this. They're putting uh, whatever the white woman's name is went to jail. (laughs) Who we also uh, already kind of have a little bit of heat for, if we're being honest. Yeah, and and it's just now this person who probably if she hadn't been if she hadn't got caught up with the the college scandal thing she would have probably just been going under the radar. Felicity Huffman. Yeah. If she had just been a regular person, I probably would still hated her because of this role. Like I need somebody that I can hate. And I know a lot of people were able to shut down uh, Linda Rothschild's uh, publishing career and her book career and all that kind of stuff. But I still just despise her because I know people like her and I know cops like that where they're just like we we literally what I learned from watching this was it just reinforced something I already know which is cops grasp at straws until they can build a house oh 100% they don't have a blueprint they don't have an architect they don't have anything like that they're just like okay who was near this area this person was near this area let's go ahead and look towards them there's this show that I've been watching and I shouldn't watch it either called the confession tapes on Netflix and it's all about uh, the police doing almost illegal confessions or, or videotaping confessions where they're coercing people into confessing. And these people are doing like Buck Roger dates. And it happens all the time. And we just let it go. Like, we give the police so much power. Like, there's nobody falling behind what they found. Like, in every single situation that I've seen with the Central Park Five, with the people from the uh, confession tapes, with all these things, there are other people who are like, yeah, there was evidence pointing elsewhere. And as soon as there's evidence pointing elsewhere, you, as a good person, should do your due diligence to look at that other evidence. But because police are so busy building a building out of Legos and they've never had a blueprint for it, they're like, we're, we're, we're in the zone right now with this path right here. Well, I don't want to go down this path. Essentially, what they do is they take the essential conceit of uh, our justice system and they turn it and, and invert it. Supposedly, we are innocent until proven guilty Uh, the police however approach it as you are guilty and i am here to prove you are guilty Mm -hmm. and when they approach it that way uh it takes the justice system uh, and the protections that we're supposed to have and it makes it something that is perverted it makes it something that is dangerous because of the machinations of the system itself and it makes it something that uh for the majority of people of color 
the majority of poor people uh, is extremely dangerous, primarily because they don't understand it enough to defend themselves or know that they even need to defend themselves. Uh, a lot of what you see in, in uh, when they see us are just black people who don't understand that they have 100% rights. There was one mother who stepped up, was like, you can't keep my minor son locked up. First of all, habeas corpus, motherfucker, but you can't keep my minor son, who is my ward, locked in that room without my consent. I do not give it. Give me my child. Uh, and because she she in, insisted and and literally was like, I will bring a lawyer here. That is when all of a sudden uh, he got free, but no other parent knew that. And the parents were like upset about it and felt bad. But in truth, the system is not geared to help people who are black or brown or poorer people. And because they don't know about it, it does put them at a disadvantage, especially when police ex- assume from the beginning that if you are black or brown you are guilty and i just all i have to do is just look and i'll find the proof like you're guilty i can prove it just give me enough time and enough ammunition that's really what they're looking for is just- they really feel like i have 48 hours to keep you here mm-hmm. and that's a, and they feel like it, it either i can harass you and then with the kids they just harass them until they they broke and the children themselves didn't know enough to just say, like, I'm not talking. Where are my parents? And again, it's just, it's a purposeful uh, blanking. Like, they don't teach you how to insist upon your rights in school. Because if you knew that, it would be impossible to control you. Yep. If you knew better, then you do better. And just 100%. like that, they lose this, this way that they have of feeding this monster. Because it's still, I see when they see us as an extension of 13. This is still yeah. them filling up the uh, the prison, the industrial prison system. Like, they need that money. They need these inmates. They're not caring about how they're getting there. These cops feel like they're just doing a job, but they're not. They're taking away so much. And then you see... Like, I'm sure there's, there's white guys and white women who uh, get railroaded by the system i'm sure it happens but not really like what you see is them giving white folks leniency like there was a story that shanta and i did a couple days ago for a single simulcast about a um a girl who was sexually assaulted and the police the judge was like well we're going to uh, not give them jail time because they have uh, a good family lifestyle they got a good home and we don't want to mess up their chance of going to college. Yeah, that shit was infuriating. <clears throat> it was like, look, I don't even have to see this person's color to know what's up. Like, as soon as I read that, I was like, let me guess, he's white. Mm-hmm. And like, they and they don't offer that sort of mercy. I'm- even if they did offer that sort of mercy, I will probably, there'll be something else for me to be upset about. Because honestly, I'm like, if you assaulted somebody, go to jail, go. Like there's not even a chance of you not going to jail, whether you're black, white, uh, Hispanic, correct, X, whatever, go to jail. Because like, at this point, especially at, at that age, uh, you are about to walk into an environment where you will have far more, uh, are basically far more power and far less like supervision mm-hmm. where College uh, puts a lot of young white men in positions of authority <clears throat> through fraternities, 
through classes. Uh, once he gets to a specific point, and just as a man, he has uh, unfortunate amounts of power. Uh, and this is a person who's shown himself to be predatory already. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lesson for him to learn, and I don't believe he has learned it just because he's from a quote-unquote good family and is going to college. That's how predators end up in college. That's how predators end up uh, at jobs. That's how predators end up on fucking Supreme Court seats. Mm-hmm. Because no one wants to fucking step up and stop that shit when it needs to be stopped. It's fucking, it's too much at this point where as a country, like, that's bullshit. And it shouldn't take a public outcry for us to realize how much bullshit that is. But it does. And it's 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 because, honestly, the trickle down that we are in is that everybody is trying to protect white men like they've been through so much or so white hard. kids like they've been through so much. And we just haven't like we haven't experienced what they experienced, but they have a future ahead of them. Well, what do, what do you think these these victims have? What do you think that they got going for them? Do you not see them? Like, seriously, like, what exactly is a joke you're trying to tell? Yeah. It's not funny. It's harmful uh, to everybody involved that you don't see their potential. And you're just like, well, this one person who committed these crimes, I don't want to admit that they may be evil or they may be uh, violent or something like that. So let me go ahead and just say, well, for the good of them, I'm not going to pursue this. And also, like, why are you mad at us? So, like, when it comes to racial issues in this country, black people have have gone out of their way not to not to literally propagate it. Like they have gone out of their way to just be like, no, 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 we get it. Fine, fine, cool, fine. And white people have just pushed the issue. Uh, When we were released from slavery, you motherfuckers didn't tell us to the to what? three months later mm-hmm. so waited till fucking forever to tell us we were released from slavery. And then you were like, Oh no, how about we do this whole thing where we sort of don't hit you, but we still have the same arrangement. You get to live here and then you force us into sharecropping. It's the point where black people and, and while we were sharecropping, by the way, on your land, let's not forget the fact that you uh, ransacked and burned anything that we had that ever tried to, when we ever tried to build up something for ourselves, anytime we ever got to a point of legitimate wealth, you burned it to the ground just like you did with Black Wall Street. You terrorized our women and children. You fucking raped our women and children. You hung our men. You fucking assaulted Black people in this country on a scale that is unfathomable for a hundred motherfucking years. We took that shit. And then finally someone was like, hey, can you fucking calm down with all the fucking racism? And it still, still exists you got it off the legislation fucking finally. But even in 1968, when motherfuckers were told like, all right, look, you can't legally be racist to motherfuckers anymore. It still took a decade to get that shit enacted because the fucking federal government didn't want to put any uh, goddamn clamps on the fucking state's rights when they weren't obeying the fucking law to begin with. Mm -hmm. But no one ever talks about the fact that white supremacists are the ones who are taking all of your symbols and all the things that you love. The white supremacists are the ones who are pushing the issue and have continued to push the issue and force America to have a problem with race in this country. White supremacists are the ones who have ensured that as a people, black people will never get 
reparations for all of the work that their ancestors did and for all that was taken from them throughout the years. And white supremacists continue to be why companies like Nike can't do a Betsy Ross flag. And you know what? For everyone who has a problem with the Betsy Ross flag, I will say this. That shit was made out of cotton. Where the fuck do you think that cotton came from? And if you really think that we should be okay with motherfucking slavery cotton flags, you can go fuck yourself. I'm not down for that because if anything, the only way I'll be fine with that is when you finally pay my goddamn ancestors for the work they did to make that fucking flag. You want to fly that shit talking about how great Betsy Ross is. Why don't you talk about all the black people who slaved for motherfucking free to build that fucking country that you never fucking paid and you still mistreat to this motherfucking day. So the least you can do is not put that shit on some motherfucking shoes, motherfucker. But but the Republicans were already boycotting Nike or supposed to be boycotting Nike because they signed Colin, Colin Kaepernick in the first place. The, fuck, the person who made it an issue is the white supremacists, but the motherfuckers can't boycott them. They will listen to like a white supremacist. They will listen to white supremacists all motherfucking day, but they they get mad at Nike for not wanting to co-sign that bullshit. A hundred percent, they will listen to the Proud Boys and every little white supremacist that says they will vote for them because white supremacy helps them. They are white supremacists, every single one of them, whether they want to admit it or not. Not white supremacy adjacent, not like, oh, we're supporters of white supremacists. They are white supremacists because they openly accept help from white supremacists and they court them. They are white supremacists and they know they are. And that is why I could never really fuck with the GOP and no black person ever really should. I don't under, and all the ones who are, all the black people you see who are fucking with, with basically white supremacists, please understand that those black people are white supremacists as well. You don't have to be white to be a white supremacist. Nope. There are white supremacists of color all throughout this nation and it is fucking mind boggling when you realize it. Yarp. If it was up to them, we'd all go back <laughs> to the good old days when black people knew their fucking place. Man. Men were men and women were women and that world would be a fucking shame. And as far as I'm concerned, I'll die before that shit happens. <laughs>